Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Beer Nuts, a weekly excursion into the world of craft beer. Brought to you by MichiganBeerGuide.com. And now, here are the Beer Nuts. Number 114. I'm Chris. With me from MichiganBeerGuide.com is JR. JR in the house. Uncle Pete making his triumphant return. Uncle Pete back in Rockwood, Michigan again. Highlight. Where you been? Alan here from Allen Park. Been busy. Making beer. All right. Uh, it is another Road Warriors episode. Uh, JR, I believe you have this week's quote. I do. And uh, it's very, getting very, very difficult to find original quotes. So, listeners, please, if you have a, a beer relevant quote or even a drinking relevant quote, please tweet us out at Beer Nuts Podcast or at Michigan Beer Guy. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Give us some quotes. And we will gladly use them because we struggle every week to find new ones. That being said, here's this week's quote from the infamous or maybe not famous Richard Bronstein. The hard part about being a bartender is figuring out who is drunk and who is just stupid. It's true. Touche. Anybody who's ever tended bar knows that there's a fine line. And maybe some people are probably both. both. Yeah. Yeah. If you're drunk at the bar, you're probably already stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, the reason that we are uh, going reverting to our uh, Road Warriors uh, topic tonight is because our beloved Uncle Pete is finally back from a two-month around-the-country excursion in his, uh, I guess, motorhome, camper, whatever you want to call it, and... So we are going to just turn it over to him, and he can tell us about his adventures. It's been a wonderful experience, and uh, we're going to live vicariously through you. So take it away, Uncle Pete, and uh, introduce us to our first beer and tell us about your trip. Sounds good, JR. Thanks. Yes, good to be back. Uh, I wished I could have been on more of the uh, episodes during the trip, but quite honestly, it was quite difficult in many places to get a good signal. You know, the campground Wi-Fi wasn't always that good, so... Um, yeah, I'm back. I, I took a trip, uh, packed up the wife and the dog and hooked up the trailer to the pickup truck. And, you know, a year ago I retired, uh, from my full-time job and I never really had a party or did anything to celebrate. So this trip was really a celebration of retirement. And I didn't set out quite honestly to, you know, purposefully, uh, spend the whole time going to breweries. But believe me, I will tell you that uh, I did hit quite a few. Um, I was gone for 57 days and uh, put on nearly 10,000 miles and uh, I hit 21 states. Out of those 21 states, I hit 14 breweries in, I think it was nine of those states. Um, Three in Wisconsin, uh, one in Minnesota, one in Montana, Two in Washington, two in Oregon, one in California, one in Arizona, and one in Tennessee. Oh, and one in Michigan. So that that makes 14. But uh, I did leave home with uh, two cases of Stroh's that I delivered uh, to my brother in Sacramento. He's a Stroh's beer nut. And um, I actually came home with almost four cases of beers 
uh, from all of the different breweries and bottle shops that I hit along the way. So I, I think I did pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I know my mini fridge cannot handle the whole capacity of, of the booty that I brought home. But uh, I did pack it up uh, and getting everything chilled now. So I'm going to start digging in. And believe me, guys, I'd love to share if uh, there's an opportunity and we get a chance to share. Uh, uh, me cerveza is Sue cerveza, as they say. I'm right around the corner. <laughs> So um, let's see. We got to talk about beers. So uh, let me just give you a little background. I, I can't help but tell you, you know, my first stop when I left Michigan heading west was uh, Wisconsin, and the first brewery uh, was New Glarus. And I I just love the beers from there. I've had a few. Um, has been kind enough to sport me a few when he's had them but this time i got to go to the source and pick up some of the best fruit beers that i've ever had uh the strawberry rhubarb and the raspberry tart um they've got a belgian red that's unbelievable and and it's on top of a hill overlooking the town of new glarus uh which is a is a actually a swiss settlement of swiss uh descent and um that's my heritage as well if I never mentioned it on the show before but I'm part Swiss and German um, so it was kind of fun to, to travel through that town and check out the Swiss uh, museum and then this New Glarus brewery on top of the hill looking down on the town uh, was just beautiful but um, I want to move far west actually and uh, get into a beer uh, that I found and it was at a brewery in the middle of a a hop field of all things and I thought man there's tons of hops growing here in Yakima Valley Washington and if you don't know about Yakima Valley and the history of hops there and in fact the most even current history of hops is they are probably the biggest um, hop producing region uh, in the world by by pounds of hops I guess they put out you know, a million pounds a year or something like that. And, you know, when you think of uh, the need for hops, you know, there's, when I was driving through that region, if you look to the left, look to the right, I mean, it's full of orchards, it's full of, it's full of um, vineyards, it's full of hop fields. Were you and in any was, parts of the of, of Washington where you could reach out and maybe, you, you, it looked like you could just grab a handful of hops? Were you, were you on any of those roads? Well, this one I was on in Yakima, the the town of Yakima itself. Yeah, I was on a road, and I'm like, I'm surrounded here, mm-hmm. and we we needed to stop for gas and and take us stretch our legs, and so I while I'm getting gas, I'm on the phone, right, going, okay, where's the brewery, the closest brewery, and I found this uh, bale breaker uh, right in Yakima, and it turns out they're right in the middle of a farm, a hop farm, and I did a little history on them and looked them up. And in fact, they started growing hops on this farm in 1932 and it's still family owned. And um, now this brewery, uh, Bale Breaker, is like the fifth uh, largest production uh, craft brewery in the state of Washington now. So I knew that I, I was bound to get some awesome, awesome, fresh you know, hoppy beers there, of course, uh, you know, pale ales and IPAs and doubles. And I went in and I, I tried everything. I, I sat right down and said, give me the, give me the full, 
the full thing here, the full flight. And uh, they have a flagship beer called Top Cutter. And uh, it's an India Pale Ale. And uh, it's a West Coast style. And um, it's, it's named for the tractor uh, that is unique to the hop harvest. There's a tractor called the Top Cutter. And it's got a big attachment on the tractor that will go along the top of the hop vine uh, where they're attached at the top and uh, disconnect them. Hmm. And uh, that way they drop to the bottom. So but you do that with another plant. <laughs> Cut the tops. That's right. Top trimmer. Yeah. <laughs> and we can talk about that as another part of the trip, but we'll get save that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let me open this beer. Uh, it's called Top Cutter uh, India Paleo from Bale Breaker in Yakima, Washington. And I got it nice and cold. And already the aroma as I'm pouring it, it's just flooding out and, and surrounding me here. And it just poured with a, a beautiful, thick, white, foamy head, bright white. Uh, this is, uh, it's not a yellow beer, but it is uh, maybe a shade darker uh, with a little copper color in there. Um, the aroma is just captivating. It's just floating around in here. And you stick your nose way down in the head of this glass. And, and the freshness of the hop aroma is just beautiful. I mean, it's like perfume. It's just like a fine perfume. Um, this is, I'm sure, I'm looking for the alcohol content here in the IBUs. I don't see it on the can. If anybody's online, oh, here we go, 6.8% alcohol and 70 IBUs. So this is going to be a, a real, you know, uh, this is going to dry me out probably pretty quick here. Yeah, immediately, it's a, you pucker up. I mean, this has got a bitterness factor to it. It's pungent. It's slightly sticky. Very dank. Um I love the hop bitterness. It still tastes fresh, even though I got this probably four to five weeks ago, and uh, you know, carried it, kept it, kept it uh, protected from uh, all of my travels. As far as you know, we went through the desert and stuff in the Southwest, so I did keep everything uh, cool. But uh, it made it well. Uh, it still tastes very good. I mean, this is one if you want to have a real blast of fruity, citrusy, and piney combination hops with an aroma that just fills the room. Uh, the head is very long-lasting on this beer. And the and the flavor is just knocking me out. It's, it's something I think that's going to sit on my palate and probably I may need to let one of you guys review a beer in between before I do my next beer because this is going to ruin me probably for the next 20 minutes. Lucky. <laughs> ah, I, I just uh, I missed going to that part of the country. It was oh, it did it, 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 you know, man. There's such great beer up there, and I've never been there, and I've and I know you've been there, and just you know the imagery that I went there with, uh, it came out different. Yeah, and you're in the part that part of Washington you were in. Yeah, there, there ain't no mountains, there ain't no trees. It's, yeah. It's, I, 
that that yeah. part that everybody thinks of is with the trees and the mountains. That is the eastern third of Washington. The rest of There's Washington like, is mountains or it's it's hills and farms. Yeah, and it, it, you're right. It there was, you know, it was like this um, dry, arid landscape. They but call then it the you high had desert. But you had this this green oasis of orchards and hop fields and vineyards and stuff like that and farms that just kind of stuck out like a sore green thumb and it was it was really cool to see and 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 in my mind i'm thinking wow you know this region is responsible for such a huge amount of um not only hop production but even you know fruit fruits and and stuff like that because we did stop nearby at a um a fruit stand and uh, picked up some Washington apples. Okay. Which were fantastic. And I bought some Washington cider, you know, apple cider, uh, hard cider right there. And, um, yeah, it was interesting just to see this thing, this area sticking out, um, like it did. And so I'm glad it was there. Uh, I'm glad I got to enjoy it. Um, and that was just one again, like I said, one of the 14 breweries that I visited, um, the people were very nice. I did share our um, our beer nuts uh, podcast information with them, and uh, in fact, it'd be a good idea to contact them again now and say, "Hey, you know, check out episode 114 and and uh, hear about yourselves." <clears throat> but a nice nice bunch of people. And I ended up walking out of there with you know three or four six packs of some of their some of their good beers. So. That was first. That was the first um, Washington uh, brewery experience I've had. Well, I can tell you this: I have some statistics pulled up on hop production in the United States, and Washington, the state of Washington, produces over seventy percent of all hops uh, used to brew in the United States. So, it's the hotbed. I know. Uh, I think Oregon used to be second, and Idaho third. I, I read an article the other day that I think Idaho may have surpassed Oregon, but they're both, you know, neck and neck in, you know, second and third. And I think Michigan is a very far distant fourth, which is cool that we're at least in the conversation. But, you know, uh, Washington is definitely where, uh, you know, the nation's hops are grown. It's- and you got to remember, there's, there's multiple, well, not only multiple... Um, named hops right you got your cascades and your citras and your centennials and mosaic and simcoe those names but there's also different types of hops as far as you got aroma hops and you got bittering hops and you got hops that can basically provide both aroma and bittering and i'm pretty sure that there's a big science out there in the in the growing you know regions of of yakima where they're trying to figure out how to balance, you know, how much of each do we grow? You know, what's the demand? And because as we've noticed over the course of time with, even with our podcast and all the different styles of beers we've tasted and tried, we've seen swings, right? We've had a big, you know, the big West Coast IPA craze with the type of piney hops and stuff from out there, right? And and the bitterness and the aromas. And then you, We've had now the New England style IPAs and and the whole different character you get in aromas and, and bitterness from those and, and flavors. So it'd be interesting to be part of the the hop producing you know machine and understand well, that. I have an interesting statistic here because I've 
you know, this uh, statistics I pulled up have actually, uh, you know, uh, breaking down by the types of hops. Uh, give me a guess on what you think. I don't think anybody is going to get this. What what hop is the most produced in the state of Idaho? Idaho? Uh, Cascade? Nope. You would never believe this. It's not even close. It is Zeus. Which is embittering. 2,786,300 pounds of hops. That's a bittering hop, And the next closest is Cascade at 1,562, so it's almost twice as many. That's Idaho. Let me look at the Washington. I'm looking for the Washington. Uh, No, I bet bet Washington's probably Centennial or uh, Cascade. Oregon is almost all even. Uh, Mosaic is actually, uh, no, no, Super Galena. What year are you talking about? It's 2017. Super Galena is the number one for the state of Oregon. I don't know why there's no Washington. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Washington. Uh, Columbus Tomahawk 2646. Zaka 2463. What are those numbers? What's 26? Uh, what? It's in the thousand thousand pounds. So oh, add thousands a thousand of pounds. Number I get Trying to oh here it is here it is Zeus three thousand eighty eight it is number one I never would have guessed in a million years that the Zeus Zeus hops is the number one uh, produced hop which is America. a bittering it's a bittering hop right as as a compared I don't know much you know, about it I, I'm kind of ashamed that I don't but well that's what I'm saying see this is what I'm getting at is it would be fun to be to learn more about the whole so uh, um, hop the hop three million eighty eight thousand pounds of hops are Zeus and the next closest 2439 2740 is Equinox I don't even know what that is that looks like no Apollo 2729 really really interesting stuff we might have to post this somewhere just for people to see or link we'll uh we'll we'll tweet out uh, at beer nuts podcast I will tweet out the the uh website url for this document it's very very interesting i would have never in a million years guessed these are the types you know i would have guessed you know the typical you know cascade centennial chinook that's what i was saying yeah that's what i would have thought so uh i guess uh hey zeus hops cool yeah like i said i like to learn more about uh those and you know are they aroma hops are they bittering hops you know what are they contributing and What's the demand for, you know, are we moving more to, like, I'm going to do a beer this this on this episode later on, uh, you know, a Brute IPA, which, uh, you know, will be a dry. Uh, the latest craze. A, a dry beer with, you know, focus on uh, hops and, and the aroma, where there might not be a lot of bitterness to it, but the aromas come through. So, you know, if there's a, a big swing to that kind of style, do they need to start switching up and planting more of the aroma hops um you know i don't know i don't know what's going on well i'll just say that this document it says released as december 19th 2017 by national agricultural statistics service agriculture statistics board united states department of agriculture national hop report oh we'll we'll post it on at beer nuts podcast go to twitter if you want to see these statistics they're absolutely Really uh, very interesting and uh, eye-opening. That being cool. said, I am really thirsty, Pete. Yeah, why don't you take one, JR, and let me finish this um, top cutter. 
Uh, <laughs> and I'll come back. So I wanted to get the full pop top uh, audio here. So here we go. Here we go. So Uncle Pete went to 21 states. I went to Cleveland. Yeah, ah, that's not so, a state. <laughs> you know what? It's okay because it was a fun trip to Cleveland and I, I have managed to find a Whole Foods that had a great beer selection. And uh, I found a, a, something a little different. It's called uh, Life Itself. It's from Flat Platform Brewing Company. Let's see. It's in Ohio. I think it's, yeah, it's a Cleveland brewery. Platform Brewing in Cleveland, Ohio. It's a kettle sour gosa. And it says lime, meringue, and graham. So it's like a graham cracker, lime meringue. It says malts, pilsner, pale wheat, Vienna, wheat flakes, crystal hops, American hill yeast, adjuncts of lime zest, lime juice, lactose, and graham cracker. So I just poured this. There is absolutely no head. I mean, there is maybe... It, it flickered for like the first two and a half seconds of just a little bit and it is completely clear it almost looks like a glass of apple juice that would be exactly what it looks like a little uh, orange very clear um, nice little tiny bubbles going through it so I'm going to take a whiff of this and not really smelling much maybe a little bit of lime a little bit of citrus uh, on the nose nothing strong Now I just took the first sip. It's a lovely beer. It's uh, it's very light, uh, nice lime. I really like the descriptor of meringue because it's like a light, fluffy. It's not a very, uh, you know, it's very thin, uh, light, refreshing, easy to drink. I'm going to look for the graham cracker this time. It really does, if you could picture, close your eyes and picture a lime, light lime meringue, that nice fluffy light um, consistency, that's kind of what it mimics. So it is called Life Itself. It got very good ratings um, on Untapped, which is what I kind of uh, decided uh, I'm going to check this out. It's got four IBUs, which is nothing. Um, so it's... Um, I mean, there is no head on this at all. It's like as light as a feather, um, which is that meringue thing going on. Very, very subtle on the graham cracker part. That's the one thing that maybe is lacking a little, but it's it's a lovely beer. It would have been probably perfect to drink when it was, you know, 80 degrees out. Um, now that we're going into kind of the, the colder weather, maybe it's not the perfect beer for this time of year, but uh, very well constructed and... Uh, you know, a good good beer for me to start the episode with, because I found another Cleveland beer that uh, will be better for you know towards the end. But uh, I've heard really really good things about Platform Brewing in Cleveland. Um, uh, not to rip on Cleveland, but um, you know uh, some some people in Michigan uh, aren't real fond of Ohio, and Cleveland is the butt of many jokes, but. Uh, and of course, their football team hasn't had a very good uh, history in the last few years. The Browns struggled, but you know what? I actually had a nice visit to Cleveland, and uh, uh, they got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They do, and we would have gone, except the kids really weren't interested. We we almost uh, entertained going there, but what? honestly, if you ever get to Cleveland, look Shame. up anything from Platform. What? Um, 
this was kind of a you know I just kind of tried it because it was something different. But they uh, they have some great uh, IPAs. There was a, a, a hazy IPA that I, I had there that I really enjoyed. So uh, when in Cleveland, uh, seek out Platform, great brewery, and uh, this is actually a really lovely beer. It's just a very unique, very light. Um, again, probably suited for you know this would have been a great beer to review over the summer. But I'm glad I found it and, and I'm enjoying it. So. Awesome. Cheers, everybody. And, uh, yeah. So from Yakima, we go to Cleveland, and uh, I think we're going to go back to Michigan with David next. So, David, take it away. Oh, no. Ground control. Oh, he's still there. Okay. He's connected. Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm sorry. There we go. There he is. The, the beer is actually not from Michigan. It's uh, from Maryland. But because okay. like, I, I, I had the one beer... That we're gonna finish up with, oh. which would be a hidden gem until the end. You gotta stick, stick, uh, stick oh, with it. You know what? It is Road Warrior, so it's not supposed to be a Michigan beer. So I, that's my mistake. So exactly. Yeah. So uh, th- this one is uh, when I was stationed in uh, Quantico, Virginia. Uh, this brewery was one of the closest breweries to me in uh, Fredericksburg, Maryland, and they're not not, not Maryland. Uh, they're in Maryland, not not Fredericksburg. But anyways, either uh, either Frederick, Maryland, or Fredericksburg, Virginia. Yeah, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, well, it's, it's the Maryland one. It's uh, it's Frederick, Maryland then. There you go. Because you know why? Because I used to live down there, and I also used to sell hey. liquor to the Quantico Marine Base. Yeah, you told me that before. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you got from Frederick, Maryland then? So, so this one is the Dogtoberfest, the Martzen from Flying Dog Brewery. And uh, w- one of the reasons that kind of drew me to this brewery to begin with is the uh, the, the artwork on all their bottles. It's the, like, if you've ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or actually read the book, the, the artistry on in the book and in the movie and stuff, like they're like the, the same author, same illustrator does the art their artistry on labels for their brewery so it's always like kind of some crazy dog weird animation looking thing but anyways to the beer pouring it into the glass and it, so it should be an Oktoberfest to Martin and we actually had a really great Martin at North Center so I'm going to try to compare it do that as much as I could, and actually, oh man, we, we missed out on the quote uh, on the side of this bottle. There, there's a there, there's a perfect quote, especially around Oktoberfest season. It says, "There's sauerkraut in my liter hosen." I repeat, "There's sauerkraut in my liter hosen." <laughs> that is way better than the ones we came up with. <laughs> I think that's just one of the many things you can expect to enjoy from uh, Flying Dog Brewery in Maryland. And uh, I I first heard of Flying Dog when I was in Colorado because they have two breweries, one in Frederick, Maryland, and one in uh, Colorado Springs. Mm. Yeah, the... the, Wow. I, I just took a big old gulp of it, and it's... It's got a really good sweet maltiness to it, mm. and it's it's got that nice clean lager flavor. So there's no there's no interference with some crazy like uh, yeast flavors at all. But yeah, there's a lot of I, I really like uh, like the there's really like a deep malt 
roastiness, a little bit like a bready biscuity flavor. But it came out really good. Like I, it's a little warm. I just got it from the the store a couple hours ago, but yeah, it came out really. It, it, it's really delicious. I don't. Know, I, it's kind of compare like it, it's compared. It, it actually, it's the exact same. It's five point six percent alcohol. It's the exact same uh, percentage as the Oktoberfest at uh, North Center where I work and. And it's very comparable. Like they're almost like like the reason I'm kind of lost for words is like it's it's almost the same thing, and I'm having hard time not basically just completely uh, comparing it to that. But yeah, this is delicious. Like for for an Oktoberfest for a good Martin, it, it, it's on point. It's, it's everything you would want in an Oktoberfest. Well, uh, one of the claim one of the news stories that put rate uh, put. Flying Dog on the map was they uh, they had a label that was I guess uh, there was a lawsuit over the Michigan the MLCC the Michigan Liquor Control Commission denied the ability to use this label in the state and it was called Raging Bitch it's their <laughs> yeah, Belgian style pale ale I'm looking at the article on it because I remembered about it. And the MLCC ruled that the label was detrimental to the health, safety, and welfare of the general public. So Flying Dog actually sued the state and won. And uh, Freedom of Speech says now they are allowed to use that name. So that was in 2015. That was kind of the first one of the big stories here in Michigan about, you know, it actually was great publicity for the brewery because no one ever heard of them and everybody got their name out. But uh, that beer, I believe, is still produced and available. Um, yeah, and the state of Michigan has to had to approve it as a, the result of that lawsuit. First Amendment rights. Yeah. Um, the other claim to fame for somebody who... Uh, uh, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, eating Maryland crabs. And, of course, uh, Old Bay seasoning is uh, a big deal. And being yeah. a Maryland brewery... Uh, um, Flying Dog produced a, a beer that is brewed with that seasoning, the Old Bay seasoning. I uh, strangely we- want to try that beer. <laughs> it's called uh, Full Rise, I believe. And I actually did buy some. It's a very light, you know, easy to drink, like summer beer, you know, but it's perfect for when you're eating crabs. And it does have a little bit little bit of zest from the Old Bay in there. So nice. I think uh, <laughs> pretty cool because it's, I love that seasoning. Like I, I I am not a fan of seafood seafood things in general, but when I used to go to the East Coast for work, they got the chips, the Old Bay chips, and those things are delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oops, from Boots, yeah. potatoes or whatever, that potato company. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll yeah. tell you, Maybe. I'll tell you another great use for Old Bay is if you ever have a, a Bloody Mary to rim Ooh. your glass with Old yes. Bay instead of salt, it's, it, yes. it makes a Bloody Mary like twice as good. Oh, thanks for that tip. I'm yeah. going to use that. Exactly. <clears throat> Flying Dog, we have you to thank for brewing a Old Bay beer. Cool. Cheers to Flying Dog. Cheers to Flying Dog. And all the raging bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of raging bitches, that's up. It's up to uh, Chris now. Oh, hey, hey, hey! About a big. <laughs> I see what you did there. I had to say something. Because well, my beer is from Michigan, <laughs> but it's it's from up north. Uh, well, it's the upper part of the of the of the hand. That's what we refer to in yep. Michigan. And 
Anything north of the thumb, up north, uh, from Sheboygan Brewing Company. I have blueberry cream ale. I just figured, why not? I, I always see the same things. Yeah, the same. You know, I was going to grab something from Shorts, but like we, you know, nothing against Shorts. We've had them on enough. It's another brewery. Figured I'd give it a shot. I poured it. You guys were just on the podcast. Now, another podcast to listen to, The Better on Draft. Oh, really? Yeah. Like all, all the guys there, and that was a good podcast. But, oh. yeah. That's cool. There you go. For the manager. Yeah, just a cross promotion plug right there. Huh? <laughs> there we go. It's all good. It's like the craft beer community. We're all uh, a rising tide floats all ships, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so industries, industries that still do that it has that advantage. Absolutely. Well, so back to the Sheboygan beer. You made me take a drink, Dave. All right, but. Uh, Poured it. It had it had quite a it, quite the the thick head, and it and it's dissipated. And the lacing is still kind of uh, pretty thick here, uh, clinging to the glass, which is kind of ironic because the appearance of this beer is you know it, it's cloudy-ish. You can't see through it, but it looks like it's a lighter beer. And you take a sip. And yeah, it's got like a nice medium mouthfeel. Blueberry up front, cream in back, and then the blueberry comes back at you. <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Uh, this is a nice, light, drinkable beer. Um, let's see if I could see anything here about an IBU or a ABV. Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> uh, bursting with fruity aroma, this light-bodied ale brewed with lactose sugar is packed with fresh blueberries. No, this is good. Um, I'm not mad that I have three more cans of this. Uh, might even save a couple for Sunday. Maybe Saturday. Yeah, my name make it Saturday, but yeah. It, if you look for light, something lighter drinking, pick this up. I love Sheboygan Brewery, I'll be honest, and I've been there many times, uh, toured their facility. I've sat on their rooftop uh, deck drinking their beers many times in the summer. They do have the Blood Orange Honey. Uh, oh, yeah, which, I love which that is, beer. Yeah, which is one of my favorites. I mean, it just captured the essence of Blood Orange and, and a very drinkable um, beer. And I've had the Blueberry Cream Ale as well, which is, like you said, Chris, um, you know, a light, easy drinker, if that's what you're looking for. I, I thought they do a great job. I mean, they're small, but they put out some really good um, fruit, fruit-flavored beers. Yep, and they're you know, they're nice, easy drinkers. Uh, you know, they're they're not trying to be somebody. They're not. Um, and uh, you know, I got a great story. Uh, we went to the Sheboygan State Park right around the corner. Yep. And rented a teepee in the, in the park there. <laughs> and, uh, we actually got to camp out overnight in a teepee. Now, it did have, like, bunk beds in it and a wooden floor, but it was really cool. We were in a teepee. We had a campsite with a fire outside, and, uh, you know, my family, we really had a good time doing that. So, you know, hey, uh, there's a tip. You know, ever get up in the <clears> northern <throat> Michigan, 
Uh, look look up Sheboygan State Park, see if you can rent that teepee. It was really a, a fantastic experience. I saw great pictures of, of us hanging out at the teepee. Yeah, it's a great part of the state, absolutely. That whole uh, northern tip of the state, um, you know, east or west of the Mackinac City area. Um, but, yeah, I would recommend if you get a chance, uh, your listeners, uh, go to Sheboygan Brewery and check them out. Try the blueberry cream ale. Absolutely. And check out Better on Drink Podcast uh, 150. Shibu- yeah, cool. Number 150. I could see this being a good breakfast beer. Oh, no problem. <laughs> blueberry pancakes. Yeah, blueberry pancakes, I, blueberry cream ale. I've had blood orange honey with my breakfast because oh, it's, like, it's like an orange juice. Yeah, that blood orange honey is, is really good stuff. Well, let me All pick right. on up another one here then, if it's okay with you guys. Absolutely. We're right back to you. I'm ready to go back on the road um, and give you a couple of uh, anecdotes from the trip. Um, Chris, and maybe you, I don't know if you've been there, but uh, Bend, Oregon, a little town of Bend. I have not. Oh, it's a great, great place. Um, I used to go up there when I lived on the West Coast. I used to go up there and ski. Uh, at Mount Bachelor and in some of the backcountry around Bend. And at that time in the 80s, there was not a Deschutes Brewery. But now Bend, Oregon has a brewery called Deschutes Brewery. And uh, if anybody uh, recognizes that name, you might also recognize the name of Fresh Squeezed IPA. So I went to Deschutes Brewery in Bend on my travels and had them lay out a whole flight for me, including Fresh Squeezed. And uh, I yeah, I mean, it's it's such a great, you know, just a great um, IPA. I got to give a, a props to their um, porter, though. If you've never had Deschutes Black Butte Porter, and I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it, you know, for all of you listeners here in the southeast Michigan area, you should be able to find Deschutes Black Butte Porter on your shelves. I, I would rate this porter personally in my opinion as just a perfect um a perfect specimen of the porter style that you know it's it's got a great uh mouthfeel and the chocolate and coffee you know comes through it's it's just a perfect porter in my view if you want to drink a porter this is the one go check it out and uh, I actually bought some of that and uh, I drank it all <laughs> but uh, I, I was thrilled because as I was driving in the area through the area I learned that Black Butte was actually one of the mountain peaks in the area and I got to see Black Butte uh, you know off in the distance and found out where it was so there's a beautiful picture of that mountain on the bottle of Deschutes Black Butte Porter Sorry for that sideline, but I had to I had to reflect on that because no, you know what? Uh, when I lived in Las Vegas, uh, I discovered that, and that was a, another hidden treasure that it was readily available. That you know, yeah. you know, one thing you got to learn for craft beer is not every great beer is like impossible to get, or you have to wait in line for it. There are some great beers on the shelf there, and this is one of them. And I think Founders Porter is up there too. Yeah. Um, These are beers that have been around a while too, and you know that uh, people probably take them for granted nowadays because they're always looking for the next crazy thing or you know the cool thing. But if you want to go back to some some perfect examples of this style, 
this is one of them. Agreed. So I'm going to move south from Bend, Oregon, and get down into California. Um, back in my old stomping grounds, uh, I used to live. I lived in Auburn, California, and I lived in Folsom, California, where the famous prison, Folsom Prison, was there, about a mile from my old house. And um, a little town of Rancho Cordova, right next to Folsom, is where I worked at an aerospace company. And uh, back in the '80s, you know, there was not a brewery uh, nearby. But uh, now that I went back and right across the street from my old employer, right outside the front gate, here's Fort Rock Brewery in Rancho Cordova. So I pulled in, and it turns out they had tons of uh, pale ale offerings. And the one that caught my eye and uh, I had to try was the Chateau Rancho Brute IPA. And uh, this is an upcoming uh, style. I don't think it's an official style of beer, but... uh, but a Brute IPA is is a beer that um, it's a standard pale ale, but it's it's made to be dry. Um, and basically, what that means by dry is that they're taking and extending the fermentation by adding an enzyme to uh, re-energize the fermentation and get all of the fermentable sugars that are possibly you know that are in the in the um, in the wort and get those fermented into alcohol and leaving really the sweetness is gone and you know all of the fermentable sugars in the malt are gone and you come up with what they call a dry uh, profile beer and what that does is that it really becomes something that becomes light refreshing very effervescent um, and it allows you to focus on the aromas and the flavors uh, in the hops and so the, the malt influence really isn't there to you know add that into the equation in your mouth to try to figure out what's going on and so this one uh is a seven percent abv and a 30 ibu so low on the bitterness um very light colored i'm going to pour it up here and uh i'm telling you it's got a color that's i mean it's it's lighter than yellow okay so um and it's very, very active on the um, carbonation, uh, producing a, just a huge, fine, uh, white, uh, creamy, fine, bubbly head. And I get into the aroma, and what I get is a lot of fruit, um, some tropicals. And it's got a slight haze to it, I might mention. It's not... Uh, uh, like a hazy IPA haze, but it's just uh, kind of a chill haze, kind of a haze. And let me get a swig here. Yeah, very light bodied. Uh, immediately, I'm tasting um, tropical fruits, a very low bitterness. I uh, get a really nice finish. Dry. I mean, it, if you if you can imagine that, it does it does dry my mouth out, but it's not from a, a high level of bitterness like the the top cutter that I reviewed earlier. Yeah, that one makes me pucker and dries my mouth out because it's that was a seventy IBU, you know, high bitterness beer. Uh, this one, on the other hand, is a lower bitterness, but it's very. Um, light on the mouthfeel and the maltiness isn't there to add any sweetness so i get a lot of dryness very pleasing i could quaff you know uh, many of these very quickly um i'm sure at seven percent it would make me 
you know, start bouncing off the ceiling, but I can't complain about that. <laughs> Any, anyone else tried any of these uh, Brute IPAs that are going around out there? I know they're around. Well, yeah, um, I wanted to just say, uh, for those of you that know, I teach a, a brewing marketing class in the Schoolcraft uh, Brewing and Distillation Technology Program. And a matter of fact, uh, David actually... That's how I met him. He took my class, and uh, now he's brewing, which is great. But uh, we had our uh, every semester we take a field trip, and just uh, the, a couple days ago we had our field trip to Supernatural Brewing and Spirits in Lo- Livonia, Michigan. And uh, one of the first beers, uh, you know, when I showed up, they, I said, "What would you recommend?" And they said, "Oh, you got to try our brewed IPA. It's called Brutus Hopcake." <laughs> and uh, it was it was wonderful. It's uh, their description. I'm on their website now because I wanted to mention it. It says new West Coast style IPA designed to emulate the dry and tropical flavors of champagne. Very dry but not too bitter, and f- uh, five IBUs. So it's it's dry as can be. Um, it's got that nice effervescent like champagne feel to it. Um, but it was uh, absolutely an eye opener and wonderful and. This style has not existed very long, but almost, you know, it, you're, you're starting to see it pop up everywhere. It's a, I think it's kind of, you know, we had the New Englands for a while, and now this is kind of the next thing that uh, is uh, new and exciting. I saw one tonight and was kind of like, what the heck? What the Everybody's hell is this? Uh, getting into it, and it's, you know, uh, Pete hit the nail on the head, you know. Uh, the New England, you know, focuses more on the malt. You know, they're sweet malt. And, I mean, granted, I mean, tons of hops in a lot of the New England IPAs, too. So it's not just, it's not like the malt is the star. But basically, with the brewed IPAs, you're, you're you know, the, 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 the malt is uh, taking a big back seat. Yeah, and it's right. just, you're, it's, you're dry, you're, you're, you're fermenting all those malts, you're fermenting everything out, and it's just dry as can be. You know, Dave, David, you're a brewer, why don't you expand on uh, how you would brew something like this and the flavor profile? I actually took my first crack at it uh, recently, I, and I brewed a brewed IPA at North Center, so that should be ready soon, but you know, it's, it's my first time doing it, so there may be some more things. Like the next time I make it, I'll adjust a few things. But yeah, yeah, because yeah, like, 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 because you're shooting for like zero. You know, you're you're looking for like a zero gravity at the end of it. And right. I'm, I'm not getting that right away. So like, I think there's there's like you know certain like processes that I can improve on. You know, I've been reading reading about it. So I did. Yeah. At a, a brewed IPA, but all like, uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, <clears throat> for a second. I was I was mentioning, you know, as I was describing it, and I've done a little research as well. You know, I've used I've used amylase enzyme in in some of the some of the uh, brews I've made, and that a lot of times that helps kickstart well i put some amylase enzyme and i'm like yeah and and what i was reading about online is the the different times as with when when to do it yeah like like and and literally i I like researched for a few hours and i literally found at least one article telling me or like saying how you can add the amylase enzyme at like every single step throughout the brew process you could put it in the mash or you could put it in the boil you know i mean in the fermentation after the primary is done yeah. there's all different 
I think that that's the cool thing about brewing is, is you can try all those different uh, methods and you probably get different results with each way you try to go. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a learning process. And I think that's what they're, you know, these brewers that are striking out doing brewed IPAs, they're playing around and, and finding some successes. And I should have mentioned, I, I, I'm going back for a second, but the brewery that I was talking about is called Fort Rock Brewing in Rancho Cordova, California. I didn't mention her name. But I think they're they're trialing and erroring, you know, and coming up with some successes. And I'm happy for it because I like trying the new things. And as a home brewer, I'm intrigued now myself because I've made a tons of IPAs. And I've used amylase in some of my beers. Normally, I use the amylase if I want to, like if I'm doing a huge stout, uh, you know, and I don't want it to be super sweet. And I want to ferment out as much of the uh, fermentable sugars as I can. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll re-kickstart the stout with, you know, some amylase uh, to, to keep that fermentation going. But uh, to do it in an IPA, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah well, I got to tell you guys, uh, you know, make uh-huh. a point to go out to Supernatural and, and Livonia. You know, shameless plug for these guys. They were very gracious hosts to us. But when I went in, I said, you know, give me any beer you want. I mean, uh, and that was the first one they 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 threw at me, and you know they've they've got it they've they've got it down. Um, wonderful beer, and then uh, if you go out there, there's another uh, Belgian Trappist ale called Supernatural Ten that was off the charts too. Great stuff going out there in Livonia, and uh, if as long as you're going out there, go see David because he's right down the street at North Center Brewing in Northville. So both uh, right out there, you know, a little bit west of Detroit. So Definitely. great stuff going on out at that neck of the woods. Yeah, and come check us out. Like, like right across the street from Kroger. We have a bunch of good beer. We're, we're coming around like the winter months. So we got all dark. We got like three different stouts and all, all, like a, a porter, two different stouts, a porter, a dark mild. Like we got all kinds of dark beer. We also have our shipwrecked IPA on tap. So. Nice. Well, we're only two episodes away from uh, the opening of stout season. So <laughs> you know, in four weeks we will be opening officially opening stout season. All right, been for like a week. <laughs> it's funny on on my road trip around the country. Uh, as I went west, it was IPA, IPA. You know, it's all pale ales and IPAs, and I kept asking at a few places. I'm like, well, man, where's all the stouts? You know, and there was Oktoberfest mixed in and, and here and there a Harvest Ale. And, um, you know, I'm, I was kind of shocked. I thought there'd be more stouts on tap at this time. You know, it's almost like putting, you know, Valentine's Day candy out at, at January 1st or something or, you know, as soon as Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see them and I, I kept asking and. There were very few offerings of the, of the big stouts on the West Coast. They're there. I'm, I'm I'm not saying they're not. They're in the bottle shops and they're they're but in the breweries and the tap tap rooms I stopped in. I mean, it was ninety percent IPAs, and that's what's the focus. So well, you know what? Uh, I'm about to introduce our next beer on the show, and we're going back to Cleveland. And we're going right into stout season with Masthead Brewing Company Single Origin Coffee Stout. 
So I'm going to pop this open. I've been dying to do it. Uh, I, po- I, I polished off that lemon meringue. That was a little light for my palate. This is this is a uh, going to be a treat. So I just poured it. I've got a two finger that coal looking head. Uh, I'm just like salivating even looking at this thing. Now I'm going to, uh, as I like to do, I'm going to read uh, the description before I taste this. Single origin coffee stout from Masthead Brewing Company in downtown Cleveland. Uh, 30 IBUs, 6.9% alcohol. It says, we partnered with our friends at Six Shooter Coffee to bring you this mashup of our two favorite beverages. The lightly roasted Ethiopian Yerjafik. Oh, man, I can't pronounce that. Yerjafik. Y-I-R-G-A-C-H-E-F-F-E. Coffee beans used in this beer bring flavors and aromas of berry and cocoa. Compare perfectly with the roasty notes from the stout. I can't pronounce that kind of coffee, but I can taste it. Twelve sixty one Superior Avenue, Cleveland, Masthead Brewing Company. I can't wait to taste this. So, again, uh, the the head settled down to about one finger. Nice, nice, healthy head. Oh man, looks so so good. Oh my god, the the coffee aroma on this thing is off the charts. This is going to be good. <laughs> And you'll be up all night. <laughs> I don't care. I'll have another one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, and it is a coffee bomb from the ages. It's good. Mm. The mouthfeel on this thing is just wonderful. It's, you know, it's it's not a, like, totally full-bodied, um, like, real thick, but it's between, it's, it's, it's way above thin and just below super thick. It's... It's a medium to thick bodied. The uh, the coffee flavor and aroma in this is just uh, overwhelming and and delicious. Uh, oh boy! It's a uh, it's. I need to you know wake up tomorrow. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you oh, gonna I'm, be okay? I'm more than okay. It's it's <laughs> it's really um, single origin coffee stout. Now I well, got to figure out how to say. Yurgachev, Gorbachev, I don't know, Yurgachev, <laughs> Yurgachev coffee from <laughs> Ethiopia, but it's a, it's really delicious. Uh, the mouthfeel is uh, you know, perfect. Um, coffee, coffee flavor out the wazoo, really nice, strong, fresh coffee. Um, I guess if you know, you're not a coffee drinker, I know a lot of people that aren't coffee drinkers that love coffee stouts, though, so. Um, I would imagine that I probably won't be going to bed soon, though. It's not probably a lot of caffeine in this thing. It doesn't have that Kopi Luwak coffee in it, does it? No, nope, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have the oh, cat good. poop coffee? The cat poop coffee again. We might... No, no, no. I We've like been coffee, through that. but you know, the man's got to know his limitations. Well, I'll tell no, you, JR, do you have any more of that, or was that a crawler? Uh, it was a four pack, and I think this is the second can. So I've got a—I'll save you a can for sure. Because I'd love to trade you. I've—I've I've got this Los Vascos coffee um, latte, imperial oatmeal stout from Bearded Iris. Oh yeah, that, that oh. I th- yeah, and yeah, it's uh, it's going to be hopefully in the same ballpark as the one you're talking about right now. Consider it a trade. And you know what? I went—I went to a Whole Foods and I. I'm almost ashamed. My family was with me, and they're all walking around the store looking at like the, the big like there was like fish just brought in, 
for yeah. fish on ice and stuff. All this great stuff in the store. Yeah. And they just left me in the beer section and like walked around for a half hour while I <laughs> I'm checking all the beers for all the ratings and <laughs> quiet and time in the beer aisle. These these are the two beers that I found the highest ratings on. I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I I should just randomly just pick some stuff because other people's untapped ratings really aren't indica- indicative. You can't of, always rely on it. Yeah. But I think. I think, especially with this coffee stout, I think uh, it, it was worth looking up the ratings because this got a, a pretty high rating. It was over four, I believe, but um, I'm giving it, you know, four and a quarter to a four and a half. It's 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 really delicious. Sounds great. And uh, it's getting to be that time of year. Yes, uh, the eleven o'clock news will be coming on soon, and I'll be looking for the late show after that. <laughs> Wonderful beer, great job, Cleveland. You know, uh, sorry the Indians lost, bummer, but still got good beer, and the Browns are actually winning a few games. So, well, I Prob- believe uh, we're gonna we're gonna head a little bit. Uh, we're gonna head west. No, wait, east f- from Ohio. Sorry, it gets late in the show. The compass gets a little. Uh, you know, gets <laughs> the a little dial off. is spinning. <laughs> I, I believe High Life. As, as our uh, tonight's final beer. High Life is going to give us our grand finale. And uh, I'm going to try to be quiet because I'm talking a mile a minute with all this caffeine in this. Uh, <laughs> so all right, what do we uh, got? Finish it off. Uh, this is a High Life's going to review a beer dear to my heart. It might be something that's not a, uh, n- not a rarity by any means, except unless you live in Michigan. But take it away, High Life. Yeah, it's sought uh, after if you live in Michigan. Ground control to major high life. Yeah. Hey, the, the the mute button has its own. You know, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're not familiar with uh, America's oldest brewery, then I feel sorry for you, and I hope like that this will introduce you to it enough that you'll somehow be able to enjoy it in a little bit. So. Usually, Yingling comes in a can. Actually, no, usually it comes in a green bottle. But here we are opening it, a can of it in Michigan. Is this legal? Are, are we legally allowed to drink Yingling? Well, We're allowed to hot, drink it. hot's we legal in Canada now, so I guess we could do this. Yeah. Okay. Hey, right. and I'm only, I'm only well, a half a mile well, from Canada right now. Just in case. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Oh, sure. I'll take it out and post. <laughs> All right. So, and like, I, I've had Yangling uh, many, many times, but this, I'm, I'm trying to focus as much as I can right now on what what I'm getting with this Yangling. Traditional lager. Yeah, it is a traditional lager, so it is, like, really clean. So, you're, I'm definitely not getting any kind of, like, fruity, spicy, anything like that. <laughs> It's a nice, clean, malty. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a nice, clean, malty, uh, uh, like a malty uh, nose that you have on it. So, hmm. take a big gulp of it, and oh yeah, yeah, it, it's. Now, describe it's, the color for us. I mean, it, it, it's it's it, it's it's brilliantly clear. Absolutely, like it's just kind of what amber copper. Imagine, but it does have a nice copper color to it. Like it, it's, it, it's on that level where it, it's as dark as it can be, but still be completely clear. 
that's what I like about it. A lot of lagers are just yellow. You know, Yangling's actually got color in it from the malt too. It's not like an artificial color. Yeah, yeah. The the, the guys have been doing this apparently since you know longer than twenty nine. Yeah, exactly. So they know what they're doing, and it's a good, clean, very good tasting beer for sure. And as Uncle Pete said, boy, why can't we bring this to Michigan? Right, right. I wonder. What's the and deal? It's, uh, it's, it's uh, in some circles, people say I, it's I a mass-produced. I wonder that if we could get it in Michigan, would it taste as good in That's Michigan? Right. Really? Like, think about that. You never know. Yeah, you're right. That's a point. Those some would be like, what's this trash? Well, <laughs> for, for those of us that yeah, live right? in southeast Michigan, we're only 45 minutes from Toledo, so we can get our fix there. So, like every day, and then not even a big deal. So that's the oldest, you know, uh, I believe is fam- it's a family-owned brewery like Strohs. Right? They have turned down multiple big offices, yeah. big brewers. They, they are a family-owned America's oldest independent craft brewery. They are a member of the Brewers Association. They are an independently owned craft brewery. They do huge volume, and they do not distribute west of the Mississippi or north of Ohio. (laughs) So, fuck fuck Michigan. I was going to mention what I was leading to was I at least got to go to the second oldest family-owned brewing operation in the united states and that was august shell brewing in new Ulm, minnesota oh, where where i took a tour and i'm telling you this place was old i mean built out of brick you know up on a top of a hill and new Ulm, minnesota was a you know a, another well not swiss but this one was a german uh founded um settlement and uh, again in honor of my heritage i made sure to stop in new old minnesota and and took the tour at august shell and it was great i mean the 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 old uh copper kettles they had there and then the tasting room at the end was just was just you know dark and uh you know the dark stained wood and all of the the old feel to it and the great beers all the german lagers you know craft craft lagers in my opinion and uh, the unfortunate part was I couldn't buy any beer at the brewery. I had to buy it in town at the store. And I was really bummed out. I didn't know if there was some laws in Minnesota or something that says you can't buy beer at the brewery. I don't know. But I, 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 did, I did go out and find some and brought some home. So Awesome. Well, uh, sounds like there's a, a party coming up soon. <laughs> I can't do it alone. Let me put it that way. I'm here for you, brother. (laughs) It's good to have friends. (laughs) Twist my arm. Well, hey, uh, some great breweries. Just wanted to just say with Yangling, I grew up about an hour from the brewery uh, in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. And when I grew up, it was just a cheap local beer. It wasn't a big deal. And as I kind of went to school at Penn State, uh, and went through college, it started to really grow and become popular, and now it's like a, a, a thriving brewing uh, entity. And one one thing I just want to say about Yangling is uh, the owner, Dick Yangling, he is uh, 
unbelievable guy. Um, he's the kind of guy like a semi truck pulls up to pick up a load of stuff. He'll get on the forklift and load. You know, he is not one of these guys that sits behind a desk and, and counts his, his profits or, you know, looks at his balance sheets all day. He's he's out there. He's he's a real down-to-earth guy that, um, live, you know, lives, breathes, and sweats his business. You know, he's, he's engaged in it. Um, he wants his children to be engaged in the business. And... Uh, it's really a great story. I just can't explain um, how unique of a story that is in the brewing business because he could have easily sold out and be living on a, a you know a, a Caribbean island somewhere, sipping drinks and be uh, set for the rest of his life um, with the operation he has. But he's um, he's really a a rare gem of, of somebody that's you know took over a family brewing business and lives and breathes it every day and doesn't get his, his head isn't, you know, in the clouds. And he just, he loves being, uh, being, he loves running a brewery. Yeah. Right. That's a really good months. guy. And it's, it's really, it's hard to explain it, but anybody no, that's easy. met Dick or knows it, he, you know, he's still, you know, he's hands on in his brewing operation every day and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty that's the kind of guy he is, and that's that's I think what makes Yangling uh, what it is today is somebody like that that you know uh, has the passion for the business and and gets his hands dirty every single day and and to make make his brewery run. So my only gripe with him is that he has, hasn't brought his beer <laughs> to Michigan. So <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, hey, it, I, I, it, uh, hey, l- let me know if you ever want to like if he's ever looking for a plant to put, like you know go work there. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be a spy. Try to get them to get up, get us up, get up here in Michigan if I can get the job. But well, you know, they did open a second brewery. They did purchase a brewery several years ago in Tampa, Florida. So they're a big presence in Florida and uh, mainly uh, uh, east of the Mississippi. And when I was in when I was in Las Vegas, I mean, bars there were begging. You know, I, I remember friends used to come to visit me from Pennsylvania, and I'd be like. Can I bring you anything? I'm like, yeah, bring me two suitcases of Yangling cans. And like, what? I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's like gold out here, and it was. Yeah. Uh, it's you know maybe that's part of the mystique is they aren't they're not getting too big for their britches. They're not trying to be a Coors or a, or a Budweiser. They're just comfortable in their own shoes. So hey, you know, and I, I know uh, you know uh, it may not be the most flavorful beer compared to some of the other beers we review on Beer Nuts, but. In the brewing world, I mean, they're they're very relevant. It's a great, easy drinking. I, I would say the best uh, experience for this beer is the tailgate with. I mean, it's you know, it's it's you know, four or five percent. You know, I don't know what the ABV is, but it's probably right around like a Budweiser or a, a Heineken. You know, like four or five percent, and it's a sessionable beer, and it's 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 a lager, but it's you know, it's got more flavor than most yellow lagers. It's got more malt in it, I think, and. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a wonderful easy drinking sessionable beer that uh, whenever I go back to Pennsylvania, you know I'm always looking for more unique stuff than Yangling. I'll admit it, but you know if I go into a beer with limited selection, I'm perfectly happy. Okay, you got Yangling, give me one of those. You know it's it's just fine. You know, so it is what it is, and it's I have a, a story about Yangling. Like uh. When I was in the Marines, I had a, a bunch of people over and we're hanging out in my garage and we played beer pong, you know, as one does when you're, you know, like 
23 years old, hanging out with a bunch of other people, hanging out in a garage, you know. We're playing some beer pong. So all I had was some yingling. So we loaded up all the beer pong cups with yingling. We got through one game and we're like, and all of us agreed, like, yep, we're done. Like, after one round of yingling, we're like, yeah, that, that, that was a little too heavy to freaking just start the night out with. Just, like, pounding basically, like, five yinglings. Like, <laughs> it, it was kind of kind of rough, so. And it's probably not the alcohol content. It's actually that it's full, it's full flavor, you know. It's volume. not yeah, just some I, I thin. Agree. The volume, but, but it's still, like, compa- like, that compared to, like, a bush light is still, like, it's, like, the extra level of above. Thank Agreed. God. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, nope, no problem. And uh, Pete, uh, really, really glad to have you back. We miss you. Um, we lived vicariously through your stories, and we'll continue to do so. Um, thanks, man. It's good to be here. I, I got plenty of beer to share. I'm going to put a picture of the booty, not my booty, but the booty. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. But I'll put a picture up of the, uh, the hall. I think we should all put a picture of our booties. <laughs> <laughs> My booty's the biggest booty. Anyways, and, and so it's been a good, it was a good trip, even though I didn't set out to, you know, hit all the breweries. That would have been impossible. There's so many out there, and I encourage all our listeners, hit the road, be a road warrior, and uh, make sure to stop and check out the local breweries. There's nothing more fun than when you're on the road finding that local brewery that you know might be just around the corner. I have an app that's like a, a brewery map finder, I think it's called, and I just dial that thing up and a couple red pins show up on the map, and I'm like, yeah, there's a brewery two miles from here. I'm going to arbitrarily check it out. Yeah, when you're on the road, drink local. Don't drink stuff you can get when you're at home. Amen. Well said, Chris. That's right. All right. All right, well. Uh, we are on uh, Twitter at Beer Nuts Podcast. We're on Instagram at Beer Nuts Podcast. If you want to show us what you're drinking, uh, you can always email the show, Beer Nuts Podcast at uh, ChristopherMedia.net if you want to drop us a line. JR, I believe it's time to go to Mexico. And I'm pretty sure oh. by the year 2020, we'll have a win this class again, but well, that's now up we got to Chris. Now there's things that, now we're switching states and all that stuff. We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> so I just had to give you a little bit of personalization. All right, well, you know what? We can find beers in Mexico too, and as they say in old Mexico City, AMF. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net and thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.